Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Liz. <laughs> Deb, hmm. you are exhausted. I am exhausted. This is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. So you're running a business. You're you know dealing with life in general, and this is a, isn't a particularly exhausting season. This has probably been the, one of the hardest seasons <coughs> of of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in. I'm in, I'm having a. I'm not, I'm not doing great. We'll just say that. Yeah. But um, I'm going to live through it, and I'm going to live to tell about it. Right, right. And then I really feel confident in that. Yesterday, um, <laughs> so weird how, how God speaks to us, if there's a God, yeah. if you want to call it God. God, the universe, whatever does speak to us. I do believe that we are not alone. Yeah. I, I do believe that. But anyway, So I, I save all these little fortunes that I get from Panda Express. <laughs> I save them. I have them. I've, I have a bunch of them, but um, I they were in my drawer of my desk, just kind of there. And I don't really keep track of them. I just kind of save them, yeah. you know. And yesterday I was... I had a big, huge stack of crap on my desk that I needed to go through and stuff. And I was kind of sorting through it. And this one random Panda Express um, fortune, fortune <laughs> just kind of fell out of all the stuff. Oh, God. And it, and it said, um, you are destined to be a great leader, so go take charge. That's what it said. I love it. And I thought, holy shit balls! <laughs> I needed to hear that. <laughs> because there's, a, you know, like any business owner, uh -huh. sometimes we forget yeah. that we're in charge. Yeah. You know, the business owner is like, oh, I'll just let my people, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then there's, but there's situations where yeah. we definitely have to be in charge as mothers. Yeah. As business owners, as, as as just people in our life, we need to be in charge. I need to be the leader of my life, of your own life, of my yeah. own life. But yeah. I'm, you know, I'm sure I, I obviously I, I got that fortune whenever I got it, yeah. probably months ago, and I saved it because I thought, oh, that's good. But it just randomly appeared yesterday, that's and I amazing. thought, hmm. <laughs> You know, I'm always reminded of the of Kate Winslet's character in The Holiday, mm -hmm. and one of the things that she says, um, because the older man who lives next door to the house that she's renting in Hollywood, says, "You're a leading lady. I can tell." 
Mm. You're a leading lady and you're acting like the best friend, but you're the leading lady. And she goes, you're absolutely right. I should be the leading lady in my own life, for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. And, um, <laughs> she's right. Exactly, she's right. Mm -hmm. We deserve to be the leading lady in our own life. Yeah. Now, does that mean that we're a diva? Does that mean that we are, um, you know, a bitch to everyone around us? No. Now, it just means that our life is ours and yeah. it's okay to make choices right. that um that lift us up yeah. because um, when we're lifted up we are going to be better for everybody around us absolutely so with you know i yeah so i i know thank I'm, you panda i know i'm gonna live through it and thank you panda <laughs> so but last night was one of those nights too where i woke up at 4 30 in the morning and was unable to go back to sleep so i'm pretty tired yeah. So and I have a full day. So I'm thinking, when do I get to take a little nap? Where will I get to do that? I don't know. Are you are you good at taking naps? Do you I'm I mean, pretty good at it, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so when you actually have the opportunity to take a nap, do you sleep? Mm, sometimes. Most most of the time. I, I'll sometimes come in here. Right. Um, I have a little piece of stuff that can cover this right. little window here. This is, we're sitting in a very small we're little room. A little small little and room. And I, I have a little pillow, and I can, I can close my eyes for even 15 minutes, and kind of get a little bit of a refresher. That's so, awesome. <clears throat> but anyway, that's not what we came here to talk about. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, because we're dancing with our skeletons, yeah. and so this kind of is about you, and kind of is about me. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, I've been thinking a lot about high control environments, and and when how why it is that I have been attracted to high control environments in my life, and at what point. Do I take control of my own life? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's very it's yeah. very close to what yeah. you're talking about right now. It's just taking control. Yeah. And what does that look like? Right. And what does that mean? And I'll tell you what, at 61 years old, I am still trying to figure out what it means to be in control of my whole life. I am still trying to ask the question, why did I surrender so much control? And at what point in my life did I... Uh, embrace the teaching right that not having control was healthy right you know that's a good that's a really good question those are all very good things to think about and good questions I mean we've both done that I mean I wasn't brought up in a high control environment in in the way that we're gonna that we're talking about right. you know and so I think I I grew up with really no structure right. and so being in the church, which is, I think, kind of what we're leaning towards here in terms of a controlled environment, or at least one. One of them. Um, yeah. You know, I some people who didn't grow up with structure gravitate towards more structured things. Me, I kind of was more, I pushed back on that structure a little bit more than I gave into it. I, I had a lot more things that bugged me and questioned me about about the control mm -hmm. whereas I think you more acquiesced to it mm -hmm. and I think that's probably because you grew up in it right and so that's what felt comfortable comfortable yeah. and for me it wasn't so much you right. know and I so I wanted to push against it and when people would tell me you can't wear that Levi jacket on stage <laughs> it's not appropriate 
I was like, what? You're not going to tell me what I can wear. Says you cannot wear mixed fabrics. Yeah. So when you were wearing polyester pants and a cotton jacket, yeah. you were in the wrong. Exactly. So, I mean, I just, it's just stuff like that just would just infuriate me yeah. that someone was telling me what to do. <laughs> right. You can't buy wine in the grocery store because somebody might see you. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Really? But I can buy it online. Oh, I can do it in secret. That's that's really good. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so Isn't that funny? Yeah, there's been a couple of things that have really made me question uh, why it is that these high control environments are so appealing. And so when we talk about high control environments, we're talking about um, uh, families that are very um, parental mm -hmm. and uh, misogynistic mm -hmm. where the, the, the husband is the head of the household and makes all the decisions for the wife and for the children. Right. So that's a very high control environment. Right. Um, there's the church. The church can be a very high controlled environment mm -hmm. where you're not allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do that. And, <laughs> and, and yet the phrase freedom in Christ is spoken, you know, all the time. Right. And so the question is, what does that look like? What does that kind of freedom look like? Um, there's a couple of things in the news right now. There's a new documentary out called Shiny Happy People, mm. which is the story of the Duggar family, which was on the, I think, A&E um, okay. channel okay. for years okay. doing a show called... And 17 and counting. And then the next year it was called 18 and counting. And then the next year it was called 19 and counting because they kept having babies one after the other. Why? <laughs> because they want a quiverful. So they follow the Bill Gothard um, homeschool model. Okay. And Bill Gothard was a very, very influential homeschool family. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I recognize that that name. Right. And so um, and, and then recently we had Pat Robertson die. Pat Robertson was also a part of that kind of, mm -hmm. you know, control sort of environment. Yeah. And um, Bill Gothard used to have seminars. Do you remember? Does the term Bill Gothard seminar mm -hmm. sound familiar? It, ab it absolutely does. Yeah. And so they used to come to town, and there would be like a whole week of seminars, and the children would go to, to one, like, you know, vacation Bible school kind of and environment. The, and the parents would. And the parents would go. And we would all learn about the importance of, you know, a quiverful, which the Bible refers to having a lot of children is, you know, to fill your to have a quiver, yeah. to have a quiverful, you know. It gives me a quiver thinking about <laughs> having all those kids. All those kids, <laughs> I know, right? And um, uh, having the oh. husband be the head of the household and homeschooling. Here's the interesting thing about Bill Gothard. He never married. He never had children. Was he gay? Well, <laughs> he either, I don't remember, honestly, I'm so sorry to not remember right now if he's dead or alive. I should look it up real quick. But he definitely lost all of his credibility when he was charged with multiple counts of sexual molestation of students. Really? Yeah. And it's just, it's just gross. 
It's just gross. And so the Duggar family was a part of this movement, a part of this homeschool, you know, living in a bubble kind of movement Mm -hmm. that really got footing in the 70s and 80s and it was it was what did, we were all about did he go to jail i don't you know i don't remember if we're he was ab- to, abusing young girls I, I think, did he go to jail yeah, we'll i to, i hope he did we'll have to put it in our notes he as sh- to what happened with bill Gothard. you know yeah but um in the duggars their oldest son josh all of the kids have j names by the way um so the oldest son josh is now in prison for molesting his younger sisters. And the only sister that has really taken part in this documentary is Jill. And she said that, you know, one of the things that they had to do was to, when they were continuing their show, and these accusations started coming out because they started coming out, I don't know, five years ago or something, and the show was still going strong. Okay. They had to pretend like it wasn't happening. You know, they had to pretend like it wasn't what the media was making it out to be. Well, what else would it be? And they just kept excusing their older brother. And he was a part of the television show, him and his wife and his new children. Because he started having babies as well. And it's just so gross. So was the father of the kids ever? um... Not that I know of. I don't know that um, the father has ever been accused of Mm -hmm. anything, Um, but he was the head of the household. He was, you know, in charge of everybody. Mm -hmm. And this very, very, very um, uh, controlled environment Mm -hmm. kept the kids in a bubble so that they honestly did not even know their own mind, their own voice. Right, right. You know? Right. And how shocking must it have been to finally get out of that environment and to finally see the rest of the world and think, oh, my, oh, my God. Right. This, you know, the rest of the world is either going to hell in a handbasket or woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally going there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Makes me think of the movie The Truman Show because oh, I yeah. think, it, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about, you know. I mean, wow. Right. So I'm just looking at Bill Gothard a little bit, and, um, you know, he's still alive. He's 88 years old. Okay. And the the name of his um, institute was the Institute in Basic Life Principles. Okay. You know? <laughs> and so this is something that he ended up. So in the sexual harassment, it started in February of 2014. The board of directors placed Gothard on indefinite administrative leave while while an investigation, you know, began. Mm -hmm. Um, He, uh, in 2014, he issued a statement saying that, you know, these allegations were false, blah, blah, blah. Um, Near as I can tell, he has not spent any time in prison. I wonder how many... um women have come forward saying that he did that. Yeah. And from the time that they were children, because he was all involved in this, in this, you know, family kind of institute Mm -hmm. where he was working with children and homeschool environment. And it's just so awful. And the excuses that we make for these kinds of people. So I think about, you know, so now the Duggars are, you know, they've 
many of them are still defending their brother Josh, even though he is presently in, in jail. Um, except for the daughter Jill, and so there's how many kids? Twenty kids? Something Did he, like was that. Was he was he um, molesting multiple sisters or just one? Multiple sisters, yeah. And even the ones who, the ones who have been abused, are defending him. Well, that's what it seems. That's at what this it seems point, because okay. only one sister is really speaking out publicly. So I can't oh, speak for the yeah, other yeah, sisters, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Oh. But you know, when we are when we are raised up in a high control environment, mm -hmm. it can be very, very scary to move outside of that environment. Just like, just like the Truman Show. Yeah. I mean, you know, when he came to the end of the world, if you will, yeah. and it was just, you know, the the skyline was just nothing more than a big old net scene, or whatever. Just the, the idea that, oh my gosh, this is not the whole world. Right. That's just shocking. Shocking. And everybody that you trusted, everybody that you cared about suddenly comes into question. Mm -hmm. Or you don't question it and you're just like, well, they must know something that I don't know, so I'm going to stay here in this bubble. Right. One of the two things seems to happen. Yeah. Um, I remember a couple of years ago when this family of 13 kids was raided because one, down in San Bernardino. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because one girl escaped mm -hmm. and went to tell the police. And that they were all, they were all like in a cage or something. Yeah, they were shackled to their beds. And they were between the ages of 2 and 29. And the 29-year-old had never been to school and looked like a 12-year-old because they were very malnourished. Wow. And the parents had kept them, quote unquote, safe in this high control environment. There's video of her escaping, well, not of her escaping, but of her having a conversation with a police officer at four o'clock in the morning and saying, I, you know, I need you to come to this house because you, know, you will find that my siblings are, are shackled. Are shackled. And they said, are you on any kind of drugs? And she said, what is, what is drugs? And they said, medicine, are you? And she, no, 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 I, I'm not on any medicine. But I mean, these very simple words. Right, that they have know, no. That they had no understanding of. Are those parents in jail? Those parents are in jail. And you know, and the sad thing about all those kids, all those kids, <sighs> and the youngest ones will probably, well, there's potential, of course, for all of them to be okay. Yeah. But the youngest ones, they uh, because... Because they will have li very little memory yeah, of that time. They can still learn. and. But here's what's so hard, is that some of those older girls ended up in the foster care system in San Bernardino County and were molested by the foster care givers in their home. Wow. So they were further victimized. Right. And because they had been in a high control environment, now they're going from one situation to another. Well, and we don't know too. That could have been happening in in their own home. in their own home, right? And so it, it takes a while to get the courage to say, yeah. "This is not okay," because when you're taught to believe that people who are in control do it because they love you, right? It, how difficult well, that's, and is that, it? And that's the screwed up thing about 
having being abused by a parent is that it's your parent so you love the parent but they're hurting you and you're reliant upon them to feed you to yeah and you, so to pay and, for your, and the roof over your head and so that it makes it so much more emotionally complex to to recover from right. you know I was having a conversation yesterday <clears throat> with a young man and we were talking about this kind of stuff and um I was because we were talking about our upbringings and he was brought up in the church um, and I was not. And so when I was, and I think I've shared this on our, on our show before, um, but when I was 19, I was a young Christian and I was moved here to town and I was involved in some kind of, of, of a campus um, Christian Bible study group thing you know on campus i don't think it was campus crusade but but it was you were at college i was at i was at college and 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 really the only reason why i went is because there was a young man that i thought i liked (laughs) i was gonna say you wanted to meet yeah and and even and even my grandmother knew that and she could tell she could sit here right now and tell you his name absolutely i know she's a 105 year old grandmother she absolutely could tell you this kid's name that's amazing i'm gonna see her today i'm gonna ask her she remembers <laughs> i i know she'll be able to remember that's amazing so anyway i was having we i was at one of those groups and um and i was having a conversation with some other young man and we were talking about college and the classes that we were taking and I listed out my courses and I one of them was philosophy mm-hmm. and he said oh you shouldn't take that you should that's gonna open your mind uh-huh and 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 I and I remember I mean I was only 19 right but that's a, a really good example of probably one of the first times I had only been a Christian for maybe a year right one of the first times where something hit me wrong Oh wow! About about Christianity, right? And I'm like, well, why? Why? I mean, my faith is strong and solid, and why would learning something about somebody else's faith shake mine? I mean, I I had that conversation with him, like I don't understand. Well, my parents, you know, and and so and see, I would have been like that boy. I would have thought, oh, well, then I don't. I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to, you know, corrupt my mind. Right. I would have been because yeah. I was so indoctrinated yeah. that that would have been my response. Was, don't you, oh, I'm going to drop the class. Don't you think that's interesting? It's very interesting. I, yeah, because I mean, because I wanted to challenge it. I wanted to push back on that. Wow. Now, you know, I kept. I went to my class. Did it change me? No. I did. I learn stuff. Yeah. Did it change my my the, the relationship I had with God at the time or Jesus? No. It, uh, did it enhance it? No. Right. It, but it didn't threaten it by right. any shape of the imagination. You yeah. know, now, now, where I am now, it would probably broaden m- my relationship and make it better, you know. Right. But, I mean, so we were talking about, you know, the the moments in our lives that, that were... Um, you know, kind of eye-opening or paradigm shifts. Not, I mean, I had already had a paradigm shift when I became a Christian. Right. But, yeah, but that was like one of the first things that just, if I 
honest, piss me off. I'm like, well, pfft, you're not going to tell me what classes I can and can't take. Right. You know, like, right. don't tell me what to do like right. that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm... Yeah, I remember, and, and I've said this before, and I probably didn't say the name, but I'm going to say the name today because I know that he has passed away, and it might not be fair to, you know, speak of the dead because he can't defend himself. But I will say that very prominent local pastor, G.L. Johnson, was very highly respected by me, by my family. Um, I don't know if you remember that there were Bibles. I, I don't even know if you even know this, but there were Bibles that you could get, you could buy from People's Church because this is the late 70s and 80s. This was kind of a thing that mm-hmm. people did. And it had G.L. Johnson, People's Church, stamped on the front of that Bible. And you could buy it as a way to you know, donate to the church and have this Bible. Do you know that there were pages missing from that Bible? It wasn't on purpose, it was just a bad print, but there were pages missing. That's how wow. quickly it was all put together. G.L. <laughs> Johnson's name was stamped on the front he of it. He probably sold a ton of them. He sold a ton of them and he would sign them. Hmm. If you wanted to, he would sign them. And nobody thought that there was anything wrong with this. Right. Because here is this prominent pastor right. who loves Jesus. Right. You know, and and so nobody saw anything wrong with this. Now I'm looking back and thinking, oh, hell yeah, there's yeah. a lot wrong with that, <laughs> yeah. you know. But what G.L. Johnson said to me was, um, you, we cannot be in relationship with you because you work for the theater. And I know I've told this story before, but you work for the theater and therefore are a danger to our reputation. Did I, did I fight that? No, I just accepted that that was the case because in this high control environment, working for the theater was sinful, right? And so instead of fighting back, now the one situation I did say to fight back to that thought was when the music pastor said something to me in those same in that same vein, I said, isn't it possible that maybe I can be a witness? And he stuck his finger in my face and said, that's an excuse for you to do what you want to do. Wow. And I thought, oh, I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what is right in the eyes of God. And here I am, not even questioning right. the fact that he, both of these men, were honoring God. Right. But were they? I mean, were they? I mean, I can't speak for where their heart was, but what I can say was, scripturally, that's bullshit. That's right. You know, it's bullshit. Yep. And I know that now. Yeah. So right now we've got the church that is um, picketing and standing up against shopping a target. Because they have a line of pride um, shoes and clothes and T-shirts and really cute stuff, by the way. (laughs) Right. Really cute stuff. I know. That has rainbows. Mm -hmm. And so they have been doing this for over a decade, but now the Christians are all up in arms about it. And really the only thing that's changed in the past decade 
is that Christians are more and more invested in Fox News and in po political in, stuff. in political propaganda mm -hmm. that influences what they think. They have not stood up to Target. Now, some people, they've stood up because, you know, they moved girl toys into a non-gendered aisle. There's been other things that they've gotten mad at Target about. But who has told them to go out and get mad? It's the it's, political it's, machine. It's the media. Yeah, yeah it is. It's that tells them to get mad. Yeah, absolutely it is. So they're picketing, you know, it Target. Makes, it makes me tired, Tired, Liz. so God. exhausted. But here's, the, here's where the disconnect happens for me. Three or four years ago, there was a baker that did not want to bake a cake for a gay couple to celebrate their wedding. And what did the Christian say? It's his business. He should have the right to run his business his way. Right. You make a very, very good point. It, there's so much hypocrisy. But Target can't run their business their way? Yeah. And now, Chick-fil-A, which has been the golden child of Christianity because they're closed on Sundays. And they, they have Bible verses on their cups, cups and mm -hmm. whatever. And, you know, they're all about supporting Christian ministries. You know, so Chick-fil-A is, you know, the, the, it's where everybody eats. I have been to many Christian um, uh, events that have been catered by Chick-fil-A. I have never had a Chick-fil-A. You are not missing out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a Chick-fil-A. I mean, the truth is it's very good. I think the Chick-fil-A is probably the company that started the whole chicken sandwich kind yeah. of, now, you know, wars now, but uh, it, with McDonald's and Burger King and Isn't all there that. a thing happening, though, now with Chick-fil-A where... Yes. So that's what I was going to say. Yeah. They've been the golden child. But somebody went on their website and found out that they have on staff somebody who's in charge of DEI, which is diversity, educational, what's the DEI? Di diversity? Diversity, something, and inclusion. Okay. Diversity, no, D. D I think it's DEI. Diversity, equity, inclusion. Equity, inclusion, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they're like, wait, what? They have somebody that's going to try to convince Chick-fil-A that they should be kind to other people? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now they're like, we can't give our money to Chick-fil-A because they have on their payroll somebody whose job it is is to... To make sure that people, are, sure being, that people are being kind to one another. <gasps> right. How? Exactly. How evil is that, Liz? This morning, I listened, there's a, I, I, I've never heard of this young artist, but there's this song, it's called Be Kind. His name is Zach Abel. Oh, okay. And someone sent it to me, uh, thinking that it might be a fun choir song. Okay. <laughs> and I finally listened to it this morning, and it was like, it was just, it's just a beautiful, fun, upbeat, such a positive message, but it's like, be kind, come on. So, it just made me think of that when you said all that. Because wow. why, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to, to look at another human if they're different? Well, and, and, and the church, you know, especially the, 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 the Republican Christians have been so pissed about 
employees walking out mm-hmm. of jobs where they're not treated with kindness and respect. And they're just snowflakes, and they're this, and they're that, blah, blah, blah. And yet, they will go into a target and harass and, you know, say terrible things to employees at right. a target. People who are actually, young people, who are actually oh, working. Yeah. <laughs> and they will actually go in and make their lives a living hell. How, where? Really? Yes. Where is the disconnect? What has caused this disconnect? And I really believe that it is this high control environment. Donald Trump came in and said, the world is going to hell in a handbasket and I am your savior. I can help you. I need to be in control. And for some reason, we uh, we are surrendering our control to love people. We have the choice to love people or not. Yeah. We are surrendering our own ability to love other people so that we can tell them that they're going to hell. Right. It makes me tired, Liz. <laughs> I'm just I'm so tired of even thinking about all this. It's it's like it, it sucks the life out of me. It's like a vampire, you know. Right. It, it, it just, this whole thing just sucks the life out of me. I don't, I don't understand it. I never will. Sometimes I think I just, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just, I should just move away somewhere. I, you know, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth to like, to like listen to all these arguments. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, it's like it, I, I'm it's on worse, overload about it. It's worse than that, Debbie. It's not even an argument. It's yeah. facts. It's facts. Look what I found on YouTube. Right. This is the truth. Right. Why aren't you open to the truth? Right. Well, you know what? Turn off Fox, turn off YouTube, and turn on Jesus. Right. And just start again. Go back to the basics. Right. You know, just go back to the basics. Right. And start again. Right. How can how are we going to fix it, Liz? <laughs> well, I do know that standing up, you know, like we were talking about standing up for ourselves, making ourselves the, you know, the star of our own mm-hmm. story yeah. and making sure that we are the leading lady by by respecting our own autonomy, our own bodies, our own choices and stop telling other people what to do. Right. You know, we've been talking about controlled environments, and um, getting out of them is painful. Very painful, because you lose your community. Yeah. Debbie, that's where I'm mourning right now, is I don't have a community. I know I have this, there's things that I do, but it doesn't yet really feel like a community. I understand that. I I, I understand that. I really, really do. I mean, you know, even like in, in choir, you know, I mean... In, in a sense, that's a controlled environment. Right. You know, it is. I mean, it's not, like, controlled like there's rules, although there are. It's not hooting any people. <laughs> that's a rule. <laughs> you know. You try to sing your part. And, you, <laughs> you know. know just... So, uh, but, yeah. but, you know, but, yeah, you know, if, if, if you had been in choir for 10 years and then you can't be anymore or you quit, then you do. You lose some of that community. That's right. And, and 
some of that connection with other people who you're in a like-minded, you know, similar interest group, right? And so, yeah, there's there's going to be a grieving and a a, a a separating of, you know, it's like, I mean, even if you're in a marriage, yeah. which is has its own little control features, right. you know, and getting out of that. And, um, but getting out of a cult, which, I, you know, I mean, I'm almost to the point where I'm going to say that Christianity is a cult, although, you know, it's hard for me to even hear my own self saying that, but at a level, there are, there are aspects of it that feel cultish, right. you know, and especially nowadays. I think that there are some, there are some sex uh, S E C T. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, of Christianity that are that are less cultish mm-hmm. and that are more Jesus centric and Ab- not absolutely and not uh, rule centric. Absolutely. Um, but we have come to the place where, especially in America, what is called evangelistic, um, evan, um, uh, you know, evangelism. Uh, what's what's the word? Evangelistic Christianity. Yeah. You know. Yeah. People will say that they're evangelical. Evangelical. Christi- thank yeah. you. Christianity. People will say that they are an evangelical, but you know what? Many people don't even know what that means. Right. They're just adopting this 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 phrase because Christianity is the religion of America, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so they're saying I'm an evangelical Christian when really what they mean is I am a far right Republican. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is I, I'm not saying that that you can't be that, right. but to claim that you're an evangelical Christian has a spin to it. Right. And that, that's not fair. No, it's and, not fair to Jesus in my no. opinion. <laughs> I'm a I'm a evangelical love spreader. <laughs> Evangelical-ish, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it, I, I don't even carry a label anymore. I don't either. That I it just makes, believe. it makes me just too tired. Yeah, it's too tired. <laughs> it's too exhausting. And so, you know, I, I have a cousin who, um, you know, begged me to forgive her for some BS stuff from several years ago, and she was trying to control me with, you know, well, it, Liz, if you're a Christian, you should be doing blah 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 and so she you know a year and a half ago or so asked me for lunch and apologized and so I said of course your family your I love you You yeah 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 it didn't take long for her to completely try to control me in every way possible again and right so she she went back to her old ways of trying to control me I left a pair of sunglasses at her house and said, and she said, whose sunglasses are these? You know, there was an event at her house, and I said, oh, those are mine, you know. Okay, I'll get them to you. It's been almost a year, and I still don't have the sunglasses, but what she would do is she would send me um, uh, uh, YouTube videos of Christian songs and say, I hope this blesses you today. I have people that do that to me. And, and after... I don't listen to them. I don't either. And so after three or four times of her doing that, followed by her sending my mother a very hateful text about how hurt she was, quote unquote, that my mother didn't invite her to her 85th birthday party, my mother being her aunt, Mm -hmm. and my mom, by the way, 
invited her to spend the entire day with her the day before the party. And so there were several of us cousins, and we all got together and spent the whole day with my mom the mm-hmm. day before. And then the next day, she had a birthday party for her 85-year-old friends and kids. That's it. No other, no other family members. <coughs> Excuse me. No other family members. <coughs> just her 85-year-old friends and her kids. And my cousin got wind of that. And she was mad. And she was furious. And so she said, I'm sorry, but I have to not spend time with you for a while while I heal. And heal from what? Heal from the fact that your aunt invited you to spend an entire day just with you? And invested just in you. There's so it's so arrogant. It's so arrogant. I mean, there's and, just so much arrogance everywhere. Well, and then <sighs> she said, you know, to my mom, she said, you know, my husband and daughter have reminded me that I have a lot of friends, and I don't need you. Well, how is this not a friend? And so when she treated my mom so badly, and kept sending me music that I she knows I don't like. She knows I don't want it. So finally I said to her, you know what? I need to address with you how you're treating my mom. And I said, you, uh, forgiveness doesn't wait until you're healed. Right. Forgiveness happens as a part of the healing. And so if you're so hurt that my mother spent an entire day just with you, but didn't invite you to a party with her 85-year-old friends, that is on you. It's not on my mom. Yeah. She went out of her way to spend time with you. Yeah. A. And B, stop sending me music. If you want to bless me, give me my glasses. It's just a simple thing. Yeah. That would bless me. What did she say? She unfriended me from Facebook. She blocked me and she has and she blocked my phone number and she and has she not probably, responded. And she probably ran over your glasses with her car. She has not responded <laughs> to me. Not even a little. So here she is. And she has a ministry at her church. She has a, you know, a Facebook page where mm-hmm. they do daily devotionals. It's all very controlled. But here's the thing. It's a high controlled environment. Right, right, right. Where if you don't think like her and behave like her, then you don't get to be her friend. Then you're out. Then you're out. And when I mean I don't know when that happened exactly I can look back over my 61 years and see that yeah. a progression yeah that it's hard to sometimes isolate moments where things really have those dramatic shifts right. because there's so many other things at play and emotions and other circumstances you know I mean it it's hard sometimes to to go like when when did I go when did I decide that more of Christianity was bothering me than not. Right. When was the exact shift? Was it when Donald Trump? Probably. It was probably when Donald Trump got in office is when I really started questioning. I have always been a questioner, but that was probably, you know, but even in that, it's taken four years. It's taken longer to, to kind of, mulch that around and put it all in the blender and it, you know it's right. just it, it and for me the questioning really started in 1999 when the church said that my son with a neurodivergence was quote unquote too hard and wasn't allowed to come back to church when they told me that the, you know in 2005 that the 
that because I worked for the theater, I was a danger to their reputation. I mean, there have been all these yeah, little those things are along those are pretty way. drastic markers. They're of, pretty of, yeah, they're pretty drastic markers. Shit. <laughs> but Debbie, I still accepted that they were just making decisions based on their beliefs. Right. And well, it wasn't about me. Well, and that it wasn't wrong, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, you just had said that you know there was a part of you that kind of believed that it must be true. Yes. And, and that, and that appreciated being controlled right. because I didn't, I doubted my own humanity. You I doubted, doubted you, my own ability to make the right choices. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I. So let's um, wrap up and let's see if there's a reason for hope. Is there, do we just turn off the news and we no longer watch it? Well, Honestly, I don't watch it very much. John watches it. My husband John watches it much more than me. And I'll I'll ask him, is there anything in the news today that I need to know? Like for instance, our president was he indicted? Did he yeah, arrange? I mean, so, Did that happen? I mean, you know, <laughs> former president. I, I you know, and I obviously I know what's going on in some of these big big things, yeah. the the big news items, but but even those. This whole thing with our, the the former president or whatever, I just I don't get it. It makes me tired. Right. I just don't. I cannot understand how this could be even happening. I just it's beyond me. Right. And I am a college grad. I'm smart. I'm you know I'm right. but I don't I don't get it. Right. And it makes me tired. And I don't have the bandwidth. You know. I, I don't have the bandwidth to deal with uh, choir members pushing back on me about the song Uptown Funk and how awful it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's, yeah. Anyway, I just, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't have the bandwidth. Right. Like, I not, how, you know, so how, how do we, where is the hope? I think the hope is just hanging on to your core values, my core values, and just trying with everything in you to live in those core values and the decisions that you make and the things that come out your face. Honor your core values. And that's the best you can do. Amen. (laughs) Amen and amen. And, uh, you know, I just want to add that emotional maturity means that you look at other people's actions and you realize that they're not about you. That they really are about them. Yeah. And 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 try to be patient yeah. with people who have come out of a high controlled environment because I'm telling you, they are emotionally stunted. I was gonna say, and give them the grace for we don't know what their story is right. and we don't know what trauma they've been through. And so you know, give them the grace to be who they are and <clears throat> You know, all of that. Absolutely. And, and that doesn't mean that you take abuse. No. If, if it, you know, but some people who have come out of high-controlled environment, those beautiful children who were rescued in San Bernardino, the Duggar family, um, many, many children and families that grew up in the 80s, in our, mm-hmm. in, that I know, they are, they are emotionally immature because they have not had yeah to to be mature yeah, right they have had somebody else tell them what to do their whole life right right so let's all show grace a little bit of grace 
I, th I think, you know, if there's one overarching theme of what we've been doing here for the last couple of years in our little program here, yeah. if there's, it's mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Period. So with that, mercy and grace mercy to, all and grace to all of you. Have a good day. Be good humans. See you later. Bye.